Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, good morning. It's the breakfast huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. Time now for Mind Your Business. I want you to think about something. You know, when was the last time you had a conversation or interacted with any of your neighbors, especially if you live in, let's say, a common corridor? or even uh, just a neighbor right in front of you, if it's a smaller corridor, right? If you think about it, you know, because of this concrete jungle that we live in, our connection with our neighbors is so different from our parents' time, you know, the whole kampong spirit. So our next guest, next block, is a hyper-local social networking app for the neighborhood. Now, they launched in March this year, and the app is specifically designed to foster interaction between neighbors. And the app has recently raised 500000 sing dollars pre-seed capital to kickstart app development and build solid foundations. So let's find out more about how it works and how it will help you connect with your neighbors. Daryl Jung, the co-founder of NextBlock, is on the line with me. Good morning, Daryl. Good morning. Pleasure to be here. All right. Let's talk about NextBlock, hyper-local social networking app for the neighborhood. Tell us about it. How does it work? So um, how we talk about hyper-locality is in layman's context, it's all about your neighborhood, about where you're staying exactly. So when you register an app, uh, you create an account and key in a postal code, you get filtered, funneled into your neighborhood, your district down here in Singapore. And so on the app, where you have people sharing news and information, deals and promotions, or even like putting secondary items for sale, or even just small little things like, oh, cautious that um, there's a traffic accident around the area. Mm. So please take care when you're going out. Or even just, I, there's something really, really special about about what people, content people are posting. People like posting rainbows and they get a lot of likes and comments in the neighborhood. Mm, quite an interesting observation yeah. there. I am curious though uh, about NextBlock's business model. How do you guys make money then? Um, so we're actually right now in the pre-revenue stage okay. uh, at this moment. So we are look very, very committed to building the community, building features that people love people like. That's the first thing I told my team when it first came to, into, into the company. But... Uh, when we talk about monetization, we're looking to solving another problem within neighborhoods. So, specifically, neighborhood businesses. So, oh. how do I how do I classify these neighborhood businesses? So, okay. uh, people like the wonton store downstairs, the bakery just across the road, or even the home-based businesses. So, thing about them is that this ninety percent of the business are actually people who come from within the vicinity. Say, for example, within a three-kilometer radius. And take, for example, today, Alex, if you were to open, say, today, a Mukata store at a Kopitiam just across the road, how would you tell people that you're in business? How would you tell people that you're having a discount? How people you can tell people that you're having a $5.70 set for National Day? So there is no, effective no place for you to effectively market the services, you see, to your exact clients. Facebook ads, Instagram ads might be a little bit too expensive for people then. So what we do is, over time, uh, we're hoping to solve this market problem. Um, you think of it as like hyperlocal neighborhood advertisements for as low as $1 per day for this neighborhood merchants. And that's actually one of our key monetization strategies. Mm. Okay, I'm curious about that one. I'm glad you brought that up, right? So take, yeah. for example, there was a chicken rice store about a year ago that opened up and they decided to do a $1 chicken rice for, I think, a week. What they yes. did was they printed a banner and because the block that it's at has quite a bit of footfall, they had quite good business. Are you yes. saying that that doesn't work and what your app can do is open it up to the wider neighborhood? Because, um, you know, maybe you get about eight, ten 
10 blocks within the same small neighborhood are you targeting wider than that definitely so ah. what we so what you can do is like you mentioned if you're putting just a banner let's say at the bus stop just near the coffee shop you're only limited to people who are staying who come to the co- come to the coffee shop to come to the bus stop to see the banner you see okay. but what we actually bring to you is the reach that for example i'm opening up a i have a, say for example i have a chicken chicken rice store at a mm-hmm. coffee shop that's across the road i'm able to target like so, so for example specifically 10 estates around my neighborhood uh with like say 5000 users or in total and as they use the app, they're able to know that, oh, I think there's a $1 chicken rice around the neighborhood. So I should go there this, this afternoon, this, this, this tonight so to buy, to tap out dinner. Okay. So we actually provide a better reach uh, in the neighborhoods. Um, not just we didn't say, oh, I'm just confined within these five blocks. But what we do is that you're actually able to reach out to, I would say, maybe our target, uh, a 1.52 kilometer radius of where your store is. I think that's where 90% of most customers for neighborhood businesses come from. So that means to begin with, the definition of neighborhood is plus 10 estates around it. You have like a diameter or radius kind of thing, right? Yeah, so um, we actually follow very closely to how postal districts here in Singapore are, are, I would say, um, designed. So Ah. we have like the district. So in Singapore, we have 28 districts and every single district, uh, you're made up of small little neighborhoods, like what we call, like say, for example, one condominium cluster of five blocks is considered one neighborhood. Uh, one HDB is of like five to seven blocks is considered one neighborhood. And all of this makes up a district. So, okay. uh, yeah. So that's how we classify. We funnel people into their estates in their districts. Mm, that's going to be damn useful for, you know, there are some neighborhoods who have these older provision shops that can go on for 24 hours. They run on 24-hour shifts. It's going to be very, very useful. But what is the audience demographic you're after here? Is it just the tech-savvy younger people? Um, true people. Uh, when we look at the demographics of the people on our app, um, the our sweet spot is actually people above the age of 30, okay. not the younger crowd. So okay. you know, these are people that are a lot more concerned about, oh, there are deals around the area. There is a, a 30% discount on diapers <laughs> or milk powder and yeah, yeah, nearby. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, that's, that's how we, uh, we find our sweet spot. People that are... Um, especially their, their homeowners themselves. Right. So, yeah, so they have a different kind of need and requirement. They like knowing about neighborhood, they like knowing about neighbors, they like to find neighbors like uh, with a common interest, like say, for example, gardening. Uh, we have a mm. very strong gardening interest group on our app. Like These are people who meet uh, meet each other every now and then, travel from, even from Burdock to Yishun just to meet each other. So uh, that's one. But we are also looking into the younger crowd. So mm. something that we do understand from our... Uh, from the interactions with the younger crowd. So um, it's that they actually look out for different kinds of stuff. They look out for something a little more interesting, like, for example, they they tend to look at discovering a neighborhood, like, say, uh, what are new cafes around the neighborhood? Are there nice places to take photos? Uh, Where are places that we can take our photo of the day? Um, They're actually a lot more interested. They're actually more looking at IG-worthy places that they can explore. So it's a very different kind of thing. Uh, so we have to take into consideration both aspects, what people are looking out for, and kinds of features, the kind of content we have to condition accordingly. So how would that work for that crowd? I mean, those that are looking to go to a cafe with the most Instagrammable dessert. One would search on Google, I have to do your research. Does this sort of like cut down that time and make it a lot easier? Um, actually, we tend to look out for a little bit differently. So right now, if you want to do like a search of what to eat in Jurong West, uh, you probably see a lot of food bloggers. Yes. Uh, you see, see a lot of food blogs. 
But one one thing that I firmly, I myself, I'm very firmly believe in. Like I, I do have this habit when I go overseas. Like say for example, I go to Malacca, and one thing that I like to do is I like to take a cab and I ask the cab driver where's the best whatever food place. Right. Because usually it's locals who know things. Like if you right, ask me to go down to Jurong West right now, I probably don't know what to eat over there because I hardly <laughs> go to Jurong West. So you see, uh, we actually have a feature on our app that we just recently launched called Explore. So this actually allows you to see like trending posts outside your neighborhood, but we have intention to oh. enhance it to a location-based one. Okay. So take for example, if I have a situation, once this, uh, I have content, I have information, I have this app, I have this feature up and running fully. So if I'm Jurong West, click on Explore, I'll see what are trending posts of the locals posting over there. So people in Jurong, what are things that are recommending? What kind of deals and promotions they have around? Where is the best Mirobos? Where is the best Nasi Lombok that people are posting? These are things that I, I would take the word of this, what we call the, the neighborhood influencers, mm, mm, mm. the neighborhood people, more than a food blogger who probably stays in the eastern part of Singapore. No, and no. he's just there because somebody recommended it. You're, you're right, you're yeah. right. Or paid for post, right? So, but what this does then essentially is it creates a scenario where you don't actually have to research ahead of time. You can afford yeah. to sort of go with the flow when you're in the area. Exactly. Oh. So this is a yeah. So th- we see this value being further amplified uh, when we go when when we go regional. So take for example, uh, if let's say next block we launch in Malaysia, mm. we launch in Thailand, for example. And if I'm a trip to Thailand, I'm right now in Tonglaw, and I'm looking at oh, what's it in Tonglaw? Where's the, where can I get pad thai? Where can I get boat noodles? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's where I said just tap on explore, see what locals are eating, what locals are sharing, and this will bring me to these places. So yeah. rather than going to, oh, what's the, uh, what's the best food to eat in Ekamai? What's the best food to eat in Saton? And I'll just follow these food blocks. All my guests try to make me hungry in the morning. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but put my ex-government investigator hat on and think that yes. this can help with regard to maybe theft, safety, if there's a crime or something like that, or a pervert in a neighborhood for that matter, this can this can help, right? Uh, exactly. So, I mean, I, I'm just recalling a conversation I just had yesterday ah. uh, with, with people from the government sector. So, they did share with me, like, one of the key goals right now, uh, because we all know scams, frauds, mm. they are evolving yes. every single day, new patterns every single yes. day. Yes. And what is very important is that all these messages what people have been doing to, to scam to to commit to 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 to, to do to scam people is this information is passed down to everyone as much as possible, especially the elderly crowd. Yeah. So yeah. So how do we want to do this outreach program? They are definitely having a multi pronged approach and they do they do see us as a convenient channel, as a suitable channel, more effective channel for them to do outreach. They want to do as much outreach as possible. So I think that's what I think it has also been proven over the last two years when we are under this entire whole COVID uh, period where we also understand information dissemination is very, very important. Yeah. More importantly, how do you in- disseminate information to the right people, to effectively to the right people, to at well, the right locality? So good that's point. what we're trying to do. Yeah, mm. this is a very good point. Just jumping back to you know businesses on that front, do I need to, if let's say I was opening this wonton meat or chicken rice store, yep. do I need to get myself on the app or do I just depend on someone putting the word of mouth out there via the app? So we do both. Okay. So uh, so one thing that, one, one of the key features that we have, I'm very excited to launch in the months to come, is actually what we call a merchant, uh, a merchant module. So okay. if you're like a home-based business or you're a wonton seller or a bakery store owner, you can just create a what we call a merchant account on our app. 
And over here, you can collect reviews of your app. You can be uh, setting up your, your pictures, your product and services you're selling, letting people know that, oh, this is your store and you're getting reviews from here. That's one way of you uh, showcasing what you're selling. Mm. That's one. Uh, second thing is that we also always encourage users on the app to be posting reviews. Sometimes I go to a new place in the neighborhood and I realize that, oh, wow, this place is really, really awesome, Mantan Mi. Uh, and I'll be taking a picture and sharing with my neighbors. So it becomes like, you know, having locals who explore places and they found something really, really good food, really, really good deal, and they're just sharing the neighborhood that, oh, you guys should support this guys. They're pretty good. Uh, new, new on the block. So you have two forms of way of like what we call this neighborhood uh, marketing. Mm. Uh, one is from the merchant side, whereby they are actually able to do shout outs themselves. Uh, what they have a new menu. They have a they have a new day. Yeah. So uh, they collect reviews along the way. And mm. on the other side, we rely on what we call the neighborhood uh, reviews, which comes from the people. Right, right. I can yep. already think of an extra segment that you can put up, extra tab called Neighbourhood Watch, just my <laughs> contribution there. And congratulations on the 500k pre-seed capital that you guys have acquired. How do you plan to use it? How do you manage to raise this as well? Okay, so uh, in terms of future plans, of course, the number one thing, like I mentioned a lot earlier, is about building an app that people love, people like, people tell their family and friends about. So uh, we are still a very young app. We're yeah. only at our fifth iteration of the app. So features will be developed in accordance to the user needs and requirements. So, so take, for example, um, when we first launched the app, we saw a lot of users posting like second items that they want to keep out or to sell. <laughs> so by these second items, when they get posted, when we have new posting, you see, it gets bumped down. Okay. So what we realized that, oh, actually there's a need to build a marketplace. Uh, think of it as a marketplace where people are able to post things that they want to buy and sell and you're able to chat with that person if they want to, if they, how much are they selling and then transact accordingly and once that transaction is sold, you can just close off the deal. Mm. So think of it as a second marketplace that we're looking to build that's coming out in two to three weeks' time on our app. And there are also other things that we always ask ourselves, what do Nick's blog wants to really do in one single sentence? And I would say it's to connect neighbors. Mm, so yeah. we are also, yeah. I mean, that's ultimately what we do. We, we are also looking to build mechanisms that allows neighbors to know one another. Take, for example, Elliot, you love to cycle. And there are lots of cycle. We stay in the same neighborhood. Yeah. How about us designing a mechanism on the app that could match you and me to each other if you're looking for neighbors and neighborhood with a common interest? Yeah. I think that's, that's something interesting. Like, I will get to know, like, oh, I have my cycling khakis all around and, and, and where I'm staying at. Mm. And that's how you, you build a social capital this way. Yeah. So I can pretty much go along all day, all night about exciting features that we have on our roadmap. But yeah. I'll, keep a sec- I'll keep a secret for now. No, no, I, yeah. see, I, I see where this can go, especially things like gardening. If you, you know, you're not successful, and but you see your opposite block, oh, there's this guy who's got an amazing garden. You can get yeah. some advice. Okay, you've hinted some of the future plans. I'm wondering though, you know, if we're looking at going overseas right now, yeah. since it is a Singapore app, is it going to be dependent on people that have gone to say like, Thailand, Vietnam, that type of thing. And then when it's your turn to finally go, you can see the recommendations there. Um, not so, but okay. what we are looking at is actually what we're looking, looking at tapping on local content. Uh, we do have a second goal, like the, back to the earlier question, which is market expansion. Mm-hmm. So both Singapore and low, both Singapore and overseas, we have, actually have a big fat goal to get a secondary bigger target market by next year. Right. Uh, targeting like at least half a million users on the app. So, uh, take for example, if um, next year I'm targeting Thailand and I'm looking at growing user base over there. So that, you see, when Singaporeans go over to Thailand, we can actually use the app and see what's actually happening around in Thailand. And if Thailand, Thai people come to Singapore, they can see like, oh, what do we eat in Brother Road? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we have, so 
things that's happening, we want people to, initially our very one statement that we want to do is, or rather our tagline is called Discovering Your Neighborhood. Yeah, so we want to extend this further. We want people to extend outside the neighborhood, discover outside the neighborhood, right. discover other neighborhoods. Right. So, I mean, that's our big fat, big fat goal that we have in <laughs> mind. We want to get people connected. I think that's a, on the first basis. And on top of that, it's all about discovery. I think that's, uh, that's something that we feel that has been, I would say that very much undervalued right now. People, I, I think COVID brought all of us back to our roots, back yeah. to our neighborhoods a lot more. So we, we do see a lot of potential of this going on. How many users do you have with the app right now? So far, like I mentioned, we launched a little bit more than soft launch, a little bit more than three odd months. Uh, we have close to 15,000 15, users on the app. Okay. More than more than 1,200 estates have been created so far on the app. Wow. And okay. yeah, so uh, very, very, I'll take this chance to say thank you for our supporters, our early backers. I know that we are not... A perfect app. We are still, we're not even halfway there. We're not even halfway there. And thank you for the patience. Thank you for the support. Uh, so far, we have been getting a lot of good feedback from the ground. And we, actually, I've always been telling people, I'm always happy to hear negative feedback so we know where to, where to improve. Yeah. Uh, if everybody's telling me that, oh, everything's so rosy and good, I'll be worried. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to jump on this myself. It sounds great. Just a final question, super quick one. Are you facing any issues with regard to data? Is this a concern? I mean, naturally, because you are inputting recommendations that comes with data. Yeah. Uh, how are you guys tackling it? Okay, so I would say the first thing that we have that we put in place is you identity verification. Mm. So. If you're on to get onto this app, you can you use your phone number, you get an SMS OTP to lock in to register one single mechanism to lock in. So this actually prevents cases of like, oh, um, Elliot, you have 100 emails and you create 100 uh, accounts on Nextcloud. We don't do yeah, that. So yeah. phone number is one thing. Uh, second thing is that we do actually we're actually very sticky on user verification. So you to get yourself verified, you have to either take a picture of like say your utility bill with a name and address on it. So oh. before we even let you, before we let you even onto the app to to be posting on the app, so we have to do this first round of verification. So a second way of verification is for you to keep a lookout for our post for our mailbox. We will be sending out verification codes to you. So once this, when you key in, check with our postal code, you you become a verified user. So mm. one key, one very strong assumption that we have is that when people are using their real identity, it's it equates to real information rather than you know having trolls posting falsified information yes, on the app. Yes, I think yes. that's what's happening a lot. You look at Facebook, look at Twitter, there are so many fake accounts. And if you have a fake account, you are you don't have like you don't think about consequences, you end yeah. up posting malicious stuff, you see. Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing that we do. Uh, we also do have like strict comedy uh, comedy policies and also uh, I'll call it comedy policing. Okay. So users are able to flag up appropriate content if they do come across any. Uh, that's one thing. We rely a lot on users to flag out uh, this kind of like content that's undesirable. We also have a group of users, so uh, we call them super neighbors. So right now, we actually recruit, I won't say recruit, but we brought on board a couple of people uh, onto this um, super neighbor initiative. We are identified as like really very active users on app, people passionate about community and got on board. Okay. So they act, they become like community leaders who tend to look out and take care of the community. So... Uh, just a shout out if you're interested in becoming one, reach out to us mm-hmm. over here. Yeah, we do also have our own internal, uh, I would say that community team. So we have our own guys looking at what's happening in Jurong, what's happening in Aogang, what's happening in Tempe every single day on the app. And it's something that we see that 
that doesn't come across right, uh, yeah, we actually will take action against accordingly. Oh, Whether right. it may be a post or for the person. But so far, I have to say, three months, we haven't really had a bad experience on the app too. Right. So I guess that, yeah, everybody Singaporeans, these guys are still really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is excellent stuff. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Daryl Chang, who's sure. the co-founder of Next Block. Daryl, thanks for your time. Take care. Have a great day, yeah? Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.